Now I spent uh, seven years proving that the gold was in the ground. Well, there are some fascinating developments involving the FBI's involvement in a search for hundreds of millions of dollars worth of gold in Pennsylvania. I'm joined today by Colin Plum, CEO of Noble Gold Investments. Thanks for joining me. Thank you so much. Yeah, I uh, I love these stories uh, and also hate these stories because it's one of those things where this gentleman, Dennis Parada, has been looking for this gold and putting the puzzle pieces together for, for many years. It sort of catches a tip that there could be some, some gold uh, that was supposed to go to the mint and was supposedly lost. Uh, there's conflicting stories on that. Um, and in essence, and, and I don't know exactly why this gentleman ended up incorporating the FBI into this situation, but basically once the FBI knew that there was potentially uh, hundreds of millions of dollars in gold, uh, they, they sort of descended onto this location. And this gentleman was sort of thrown out of, of this potential uh, you know, horde. We brought him up here in the snow, set the GPL up, and set the test off, and the uh, machine lit up gold. I mean, it was bright. The light bulb almost blew up. I went back the day after they dug with all my equipment, and uh, we didn't get no more gold or silver reading. So we were double-crossed and lied to. Obviously, he's in uh, litigation. They're, they're suing the, the FBI to try to get information because the FBI basically said there was no gold, which is very convenient, but also really weren't willing to give away a lot of information uh, to this gentleman that had spent many, many years uh, trying to find this hoard. And you you hear about these, these shipwreck situations um, where you have these shipwrecks in different parts of the world, and, you know, you have people that come in and they spent, you know, millions and millions of dollars to excavate gold from different parts of the ocean. Uh, but you rarely hear it happening on land um, and, and you rarely hear, hear the FBI involved in this kind of situation. So, uh, unfortunately, I don't know if we'll ever really know exactly what happened, if there was gold, if the FBI has it. Um, at this point, it's it's a real uh, mystery to 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 where it's going to be, and and this this gentleman, unfortunately, I don't think he's going to get all the information that he wants. He requested photographs and video, and a lot of what the FBI gave them wasn't really conclusive uh, to give someone an idea if there actually was gold there. So, you know, this gentleman, unfortunately, just you know wasn't able to get this hoard. But it it sort of reminds me of all these shipwreck situations, or even if you talk about the California gold rush, uh, which was something that really uh, brought California a lot of excitement and on the map is there's always this fascination for people finding massive amounts of gold and creating that huge amount of, of, of wealth, because obviously gold is, is so rare and so difficult to find uh, so you're always going to have these stories sort of coming out where people are potentially, you know, winning these sort of lottery uh, amounts of gold. And uh, in this gentleman's uh, situation, unfortunately, he didn't. There's there's no happy ending here for him. Uh, so the uh, the AP covered the update on this uh, FBI records deep in mystery of dig for Civil War era gold. Apparently, this is, like they said, Civil War era. So it appears that the North was transporting gold, is what they're saying, and Confederate loyalists may have sabotaged that transport. The gold got perhaps seized and, and left somewhere amid 
the war-torn America. Sure. This man stumbles upon the fact that there may be this missing just trove of gold that was left somewhere. And then the FBI, like you said, why did the FBI get involved? They caught on. Yeah, they caught on. I, that's a little bit unclear. I, I don't know why he would have uh, involved. It, it does. He does mention that he was looking for a finder's fee. Uh, that was something he was mm. sort of going for. Right. You know, I think you're better off to try to get the gold and 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 see what happens after the fact than going for for a finder's fee, especially when you're dealing with uh, you know potential ownership issues. Who who owns that gold? Which is always something that comes up. And and anytime someone finds a hoard, is there's different countries. There's been situations where there's been gold that was supposedly owned by by Spain, and Spain came back later and said that that should be our gold. Um, there's a lot of issues of of who is the actual entitled owner uh, of this gold and and where it should be going to. There's a famous story of the the 1933 gold coin um, that was, you know, they stopped minting coin gold coins in 1933. There was some coins that got out of the mint that were stolen out of the mint, and then they went up for auction in the last like 15 years. And when they sold an auction for four or five million dollars initially, uh, some of these gold coins, the U.S. government sued and said that we actually have that that coin is ours. It never should have made it out of the vault. And then what ended up happening is that they actually had to split it. So the buyer had to resell that gold coin that was stolen out of the U.S. Mint in 1933 and that double eagle coin. They had to resell it again. And they had to split the proceeds with the buyer who acquired that coin. So there's always a lot of issues with ownership when you're dealing in these types of large, uh, potentially windfall situations with gold or silver. Um, so, yeah. So this gentleman, hopefully we'll see if, if anything comes of it, if he ever wins any kind of case against the FBI, if there was some gold found. Obviously, if that gold ever hit the market, it would sell at a massive uh, premium. The excitement to, to get a Civil War era gold hoard. Uh, investors would be would be clamoring for that, just like they clamor for, you know, that double eagle, or they're clamoring for for any kind of shipwreck gold. Shipwreck gold sells at a huge premium. Wow. Um, so anytime you have this kind of situation, it creates a lot of excitement, um, and it just kind of reinforces that you know gold is is one of the most treasured items uh, in the world. And and you know we at Noble Gold we sell physical gold, we sell uh, rare gold coins, we we have shipwreck gold coins that we can sell to people. Um, you know, we have coins that were, uh, sitting in the bottom of the ocean for 150 years. Really? That, yeah. That were su- surprisingly, um, I didn't bring it today. I have some gold with me today, but I have some gold coins that were sitting in the bottom of the ocean that they were in tubes. So the condition, you know, it's not as perfect as, as this, uh, bullion, uh, Canadian maple leaf coin, but they're pretty close. And these are coins that were sitting in the bottom of the ocean for 150 years, um, so there are those uh, coins and bars available. Um, one of the bars that we sold from a shipwreck, a uh, famous shipwreck, was a, a bar of gold. And we sold it to this gentleman. And we followed up with the gentleman about the bar of gold. And we asked him, you know, how was it? You know, everything got there okay? And he said, yeah, absolutely. And I, I put it back in its home. And I said, what do you mean? And he said, basically, he dropped this gold bar into his fish tank. And now it's sitting back in water again, uh, kind of like what it was in, during the shipwreck. So, 
Yeah, we have a, a lot of these very interesting, a lot of stories behind a lot of these gold coins. And then obviously we have just, you know, bullion coins and bars. Uh, Does know. water damage gold at all? It, it can. Yeah, it can over time. Mm-hmm. It, but most of the coins that um, we're sitting in that we've been selling that are in shipwrecks were tied in, in really tight uh, tubes. Um, uh-huh. So yeah, there'll be a, a, a tarnish. That bar was was tarnished, but it still had the the value of the gold there. Um, so it's still, and it actually looked really cool. I, I don't have a picture of it with me, but it looked great. Uh, very yeah. sort of like rough and authentic, kind of like a lot of these old uh, classic cars where people don't paint them and they have that kind of patina look to it. That's how these gold bars look. Um, and so people will pay a massive premium, uh, to get those kind of bars, uh, in their collection. And, you know, every year there's gold coins, old gold coins and bars that are selling for millions of dollars. Um, you know, and not, not a lot of gold, like a one ounce gold coin can sell for five, six, seven, eight million dollars. Uh, wow. so there are these things happening in the, in the, in the numismatic market. Um, so, and it just, it, cause it, you, as an investor, when you're looking at buying something like this, you know, that the value is going to be there. There's actually gold there. There's not, it's not like buying, a, you know, a scribble paint of art that may or may not go up in value. So, um, people know that that value is there. The market is there. Um, and you know, these coins that are selling for millions of dollars are not, are not going to come back in the market anytime soon. So there's, there's high demand for those. Right. You can't manufacture gold or anything, so you don't have to worry about it inflating. Uh, So I was going to ask, you know, going back to the FBI story, when we're talking about hundreds of millions of dollars worth of gold, like how big is that pile of gold? It's not that big, actually. I I mean, you could fit, to give you an idea, um, I mean, you could fit a million dollars of gold in a shoebox. Wow. So, I mean, it doesn't, it wouldn't have to be that much uh, gold to be hundreds of millions of dollars. Um, You know, I have a a, a kilo bar that's basically a kilo bar of gold, which uh, is a very common thing for large investors to buy, banks buy. It's it's the size of your, uh, it's basically the size of this. It's the size of this phone right here. That's basically the size. It actually might be a little bit smaller. That's a kilo, kilo gold selling anywhere from like 59 to $60,000. So yeah, you imagine you could stack this up, put it in a shoebox, And, um, you know, that's a, that's a lot of value of gold, which is one of the reasons love people love buying gold. Obviously people talk about, you know, we're the number one gold IRA company in the country, but a lot of people aren't aware that we sell, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars of gold and we ship it to people's homes too. So these items that you're putting in your IRA, you know, these actual items, we can ship these, uh, to your doorstep also, or we can store it for you, uh, in the depository so we can do it either way. But yeah, you can actually hold real gold and you can have it uh, stored in your house or your safe or uh, or if you want in a safety deposit box, if that's something that you wanted to do. Okay. Yeah. Before the interview here, you and I were both talking about this new new article out of Fox Business, credit card debt higher than savings for record percentage of Americans. Inflation has driven U.S. credit card debt to record highs. And that is why, you know, that's part of why some of my viewers have been reaching out to me saying, all right, what the heck can I do with my money right now? Because right. people are going into debt, their, their value of their dollars eroding. We talked yeah. about gold can't inflate. Yeah. And it's interesting, uh, that article uh, talking about the level of credit card debt. And you probably remember during the pandemic, 
credit card debt went down to the lowest it's it's been, I think, in 30 or 40 years because people finally sort of hunkered down and they, they were focused on the things that were really important. Um, but I think there's a false sense of optimism right now in the economy where people, they don't necessarily think because unemployment seems to be low, they don't really think we're in a recession. But if, if you're in a position where, you know, and, and that article basically states that 36% of Americans have higher credit card debt than savings. Um, if you're in a position where that's happening to you, you, you are financially in a, in a bad position. There's, there's no... Uh, there's no way you're going to uh, be able to, you know, depending on your age, it's going to be very difficult for you to, to get out of that debt quickly. And, you know, I always say to people, it's it's shocking because right now you're right. Inflation does factor into it. So credit card rates are higher than they've ever been. Right. We're talking anywhere from 20 to 30 percent on some of these credit cards. So if you're focused on saving money and and not getting that debt down, it, it, it's it, there's no way you're going to be able to catch up, right? If you're putting money in a bank, even in today's world where they're paying you three or 4% on that money in the bank. But if you're losing 25% on, on a, uh, a decent amount of money on a credit card, you're going to be in a bad position. And that's really sort of the problem with, uh, with our economy right now is that you have this incredible credit card debt. Then you also have a situation where housing has become, uh, uh, unaffordable, number one. Two, the rates are so high that we've had the lowest amount of uh, mortgage applications that we've had in like almost 29 years because the average home loan right now is above 7%, the average one. Now, if you have great credit, you have some assets, it could be maybe 6%, maybe a little bit lower, but the average one is about 7.09% right now. So that's a far cry from where we were a year and a half ago. I mean, loans were trading in the high twos. So you got four or 500 basis points higher and, you know, prices of homes haven't really come down that much. So it's, we're in this stalemate right now with, with real estate where it's, it's, it's not going to be a good situation until rates come down. This is going to be something that's really going to stall. And I I think it's going to last for a while um, because Powell has said repeatedly that he's not going to lower interest rates. Um, they've even they even talked about raising interest rates uh, this month again, which is baffling to me. It's really uh, detrimental to the economy. So we're we're in this tough position: is where do people invest? Where you have this high credit card debt, you have this you know this home uh, situation where you can't get a home mortgage at a decent rate. Uh, prices of homes haven't come down, so people are sort of perplexed on uh, where to invest and where to sort of put their money. Um, and, and I think the biggest thing that we know now that's really in people's face is that you don't want to be sitting in the dollar. You know, this is, you know, this, this hundred dollar bill, you know, every 10 years, it loses anywhere from 10 to, you know, sometimes 20% in value. So if you're sitting in this fiat money, you're, you're really losing. This isn't real money. You know, the real money is, is, is silver right? The real money is gold. This is real money. This is money that's going to go up over time. It has a limited supply. And so as long as people start to realize it's sitting in cash and, and, and focusing on, um, you know, accumulating savings in cash, it's never going to get you to the next level of, of having a comfortable life or having a comfortable retirement. You need to have tangible assets, physical assets that are going to go up uh, over time. Yeah, my viewers have been asking me questions, money questions about, especially with 
this looming possibility of switching to central bank digital currency. Correct. What that could possibly mean for the individual's money. People want to have a way to make sure that their money stays intact. And, you know, if you have a physical bar of gold, that's going to be a pretty good bet because gold has stood the test of time. But people are also asking, like, I have this fear question right now. Should I invest in gold by buying it with cash or should I open an IRA account, gold IRA, because you guys do both. So what's the pros and cons of that? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> excuse me. So an IRA is a, is a tax deferred vehicle, right? That's the idea is either you're saving money on taxes in the traditional IRA form, you're saving on it this year or in a SEP, or you're going the Roth uh, way where you're going to, you're not going to save any money this year in your taxes, but when you take the money out or the investment out down the road, you're not going to have any tax obligation. So, um, and there's a lot of different, uh, you know, thoughts on, on what could be better, uh, you know, long-term, uh, whether traditional is better or Roth. I think you have to look at your situation and decide which one's better for you. Um, I'm a believer in, in a Roth because the idea of having the investments grow over time. And then when you want to take them out at retirement, uh, you don't have any taxes, which I think is, is who knows where taxes will be uh, when you're ready to retire. I, I think our, right now in terms of noble gold investments, even if people open an IRA, we're still seeing almost 30% of those people that have an IRA are buying in cash too. So it's really a personal preference. The The one thing that I would say is that if you're buying in cash and you're not going to do the IRA, um, the, the nice thing about it is if you want to hold that for three, five, seven, ten 10 years, you're going to have that liquidity there um, when you need it. So I think that's, that's one of the benefits. Whereas in an IRA, if you if you look, if you decide that you want to liquidate the IRA, you need the money for whatever reason before 59 and a half, um, you know, there's, there's taxes. If you actually decide to take the money out, you can obviously sell gold. So if you buy gold from us in an IRA today and it goes to $5,000 an ounce, you could sell it, take the profit, go back into cash. As long as you keep it in the IRA, there's no taxes. So I think getting buying gold with cash is is a great way to do it. If you don't have an IRA or maybe you're just like you have a 401k that you're putting money into and you feel great there. Having that diversification with getting some physical gold and silver is, is really something that a lot of people love to have. And when people talk to me about why they do it, why they feel great about it, it's having that insurance. Right. You're having you have that physical insurance to back up other things that can happen. So if you have a home and, you know, you're in a year like, you know, the last few years where the housing market's tough, you have that uh, physical gold and silver insurance to sort of back those things up. And mm -hmm. so then it really comes down to, you know, what are you going to buy in, in the form? And, you know, we focus on bullion coins and bars. We do sell rare coins, numismatic coins too. But for the majority of our clients, they want to buy like the physical, you know, bars of gold, um, you know, bars of silver um, and even platinum. You know, a lot of people don't talk about platinum. This is a one ounce platinum bar. Platinum right now, I think, is a real bargain. Um, so anyone that hasn't acquired platinum, um, for those of the four precious metals we sell, platinum is the most rare. It's the most difficult to mine. Uh, so I think diversifying with a little bit of platinum makes a lot of sense. Um, some of our clients do buy palladium. Palladium is more volatile. Um, so you do have to be careful with that. It's a heavy industrial metal, uh, but we do sell palladium also if someone's looking to do that. So yeah, I think buying, you know, physical gold and silver is just a good way to, to start to have a savings that's not going to get depleted with heavy uh, inflation.
Yeah, uh, hearing from my viewers, they they feel safer actually having their hands on on physical gold because if they do a gold IRA, some of them were saying, "How do I know if it's there?" And I mean, I like the idea of having a, a physical gold, but my concern is, what if it gets stolen or lost? Sure. So a gold IRA does sound better, but then there's this concern: is my money really there? Yeah. So one thing that we do at Noble Gold Investments, a lot of people aren't aware, when your gold arrives. Whether you sort in Texas or Delaware or Canada, you can choose the depository. There's multiple steps of authentication. There's multiple people that authenticate it. But the other thing we do on top of all that is that before they they secure your uh, segregated gold and silver, the vault manager actually comes and takes a picture with your name and your account number. And it, they put out all the gold and silver, almost like this. They put it all out on a table with your physical metal. And we send you that picture. And we are the only company in the whole industry that does that. So as, after your purchase, within two or three weeks of your purchase, you're going to get a picture that's from the vault, signed by the vault manager to ensure that the metals are there. And on top of that, if you wanted to go to the vault, they can pull out your metals and they can put you in a private room and show you the actual metal. So believe me, I understand that there's concern um, and then the last thing that we do is I, I actually go to the depository at least twice a year and I do a blind audit. I was there about two months ago and basically I'll pull out between 100 and 200 accounts and I'll actually count the ounces of gold and silver that are there. And it takes me about two days to do it. Um, wow. You personally do that, huh? Yeah, absolutely. And I, by the way, I love it. I, I think it's fascinating. Um, and then once I get back, I, you know, all the people that I did the audit for, I'll tell them, Hey, I was there. Um, you know, I checked your metals. I counted it. I put a few extra ounces of gold and no, I don't, I don't do that, but I, you know, I I'd like to say that I could do that. And, but you know, I ensure that, that they're there. Um, and it's a very strict process. The metals are insured by the Lloyds of London of the depository. So it is very safe. So I understand either your concern of, you know, storing it is not safe. And I get that too. So a lot of clients do feel a little bit more comfortable having storage, but however you want to do it, uh, you want to ship it to your doorstep or, or have it stored, we can do it either way for you. Well, that is good to know. Uh, okay, so I want to shout out the Noble Gold Investments website, or you can click, click my link down below, ivoryheckergold.com. Get your free gold guide to help you make a decision. Noble Gold Investments proud partner. Uh, I'm proud to partner with their coverage. So it's great to uh, have you on and have you as, as a partner. Absolutely. Thank you, Ivory. We appreciate it. And if anyone has questions um, and they just, you know, they don't want to go through the guide and they just want to ask some, you know, top questions that they have, they can always call us. Uh, we're a U.S.-based company. You can call and talk to a live person. Uh, the phone number is 877-646-5347. Obviously mentioned that you heard about us on the Ivory Hacker show and, and we appreciate your partnership too. And looking forward to uh, talking again in the future. Yes. Talk to you soon then. Thank you so much for your time. Colin Thank Plume, you. CEO, Noble Gold Investments.